You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. <sighs> um, Pogues, I, I, don't, I don't mean to take away some of the speed from this podcast. I just want to let you know that I'm a little nervous during this recording. Um, I may have a uh, explosive device on the back of my head right now. So It was the only way I could get him to come back, guys. I, I need to do a really good job. Oh, you so do. please, if, if I don't appear on the next mini-episode... Um, Pokes is mad about me for missing the last one, so this was my punishment. Mm-hmm. So please, um, please, uh, make sure that I'm okay if you don't hear from me. If you don't hear do. from him on the next mini-episode, you can send, you know, in lieu of flowers, send donations to, uh, not another origin story. We'll start a memorial fund for podcasters who abandon their partners. All right! Hold on, Pokes is giving me a message. If I die, please make sure this podcast hits number one on the iTunes charts. You know, now I'm just thinking of pushing the buttons if we think that could happen. Anyways. <laughs> it would be the first time that a, uh, you know we have a brain explosion live on a... We did Blade 2. We did the second Blade movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. did we watched that? Blade 2. A film which... One might say is sort of just Blade One. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of similar things. Uh, some might say this was just a two-hour-long Genesis music video. <laughs> yeah, uh, some people might say that a stuntman made a like a fight reel so he could get work, and someone was just like, "Let's pad it with twenty minutes of story, and we got ourselves a movie." This film is crazy in, uh, me and Ben were talking a little bit before we started recording, which is always a bane for us as we... Shit, I meant Prodigy. Why did I say Genesis? I, very different. I was wondering, and I wasn't going to correct you, because I was like, maybe he thinks Phil Collins was really into martial arts. <laughs> My brain sort of just crossed some weird wires there. I meant, I definitely meant Prodigy, but now that I said it... You're do doubling you think, down on Genesis? <laughs> do you think, he, you know, he could be a vampire, you know? Who, Phil Collins? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Okay, all right. That motherfucker definitely a vampire. Just check it. What if in like the middle of Blade Two they get to the the rave sequence, and like you know Blade's scanning for the Reaper vampire and like fucking Hellboy's there and shit, and then they look over and he's like, is "That hold on, is that uh, is that is that Phil Collins? That, that Phil Collins <laughs> just like tips his drink at him. Wouldn't it be just a just a just a beautiful cameo? It would be. Right. It would have made this movie top ten. It would have become, just oh, to yeah. be like, do you remember that time in Blade 2 where Phil Collins is drinking a Mai Tai at a Romstein-esque uh, vampire <laughs> rave? That was weird. Would have been a way better reference than Genesis. I don't know why this happened. All right, I, let's move I gotta on. tell you, really glad it did. Uh, very glad it did. But um, we were talking before that we started recording this, and we were talking about how this the the movie starts with a fight scene has like 10 minutes worth of dialogue and then becomes a really long fight scene with like interspersed moments of people talking before they start fighting again. And yeah, then all of a sudden it's just like yeah. climax and you're just like, oh, the movie's over now? I made this comparison to Pogues and I think it's apt from my, my point of view. Blade 2 is a lot like um, it's a lot like Circus Peanuts. It's a candy that you would have absolutely like gone to fucking town on when you were maybe in your early teens or or, or just younger but then going back to it you wonder after one bite how the goddamn 
fuck did I ever eat these forever? They are just sugar and it burns my mouth. Like, that is... This movie, like, would, I, at, at so many intervals, I could be like, uh, 16-year-old Ben is just giving me a high five. It's just posting up for a high five, but I refuse to reciprocate the yeah, high five. Yeah, I, I think Ben makes, like, a great point because when we first were talking about doing Blade... I was like, let's just do Blade. It's on Netflix. It'll fit kind of like a Halloween theme. And then I had seen that Blade 2 was also going to be on. I was like, oh, man, I remember Blade 2 being, like, a good movie. Like, I enjoyed Blade 2. I remember being like, Blade 2 is is not bad. It's got that weird extra, like, vampire whose mouth opens like the Predator. Yeah, so when I said we would do it, I was like, man, I hope this isn't one of those times where we're just like, that movie was pretty good. But The thing is, though, I still don't think it's bad. No, but in watching it, I was like the fuck man like why did i think this was like because i remember thinking like this is a good movie (laughs) yeah i i left the theater being like they fucking knocked that one out of the park this time i got done watching it was like huh we meet this like blood squad which i i I compared to my notes like a D &D party where it's like this is like a this is like a this is like a shadow run party like i got the giant dude with a hammer with a spike on it yeah like the face tattoos and the guy with two swords who doesn't talk and like oh, face but he's wearing like sort of samurai armor because he's yeah, and everyone's got trench coats and they're doing flips and they everyone's got like a weird Uzi modification. And I'm like, this uh, is one of them just I Ron want. Perlman on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is Ron Perlman at like a county fair. Yeah, this is like that's if you were to run into Ron Perlman at Whole Foods, that's how he would be dressed. Yeah, you, you you if you saw that Ron Perlman at Whole Foods, like his like his like niece would run up and say, "Uncle Ron," and like, "Can I buy this?" Like, and he would just be like, "Yeah, cool," and he'd bring his sunglasses off from the back of his head around to the front. Like that's <laughs> he's really it's it, this movie is like one of those films where when you say Ron Perlman's in it, you mean like Ron Perlman's in it, not like you're yeah. not like Hellboy where you're like Ron Perlman plays Hellboy. This is a movie where you're like, oh, Ron Perlman's in it? Who's he play? Although I, you're like, I hate hey, to jump Ron to it, Perlman. but I have to reference it now because I didn't really make the, the two and two connection here. Um, Daryl Dixon, from the, you know, the character from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't know the actor that plays him, frankly. Isn't it uh, 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 Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus. I think uh, Norman Reedus name. is playing um, uh, uh, <laughs> an odd character. He's playing Blade's replacement Whistler. He's basically of. just playing young Whistler. But then in the first 10 minutes, he gets Whistler back. And I'm like, why did we do this? <laughs> because we needed that sweet twist at the end. Anyway, yeah. No one like, saw um, coming. Just kidding. It was very obvious. He, he's seen wearing a BPRD shirt at some point. Yes. Yeah. And you know who directed this movie? Which I did not know until I just watched it and the credits started. Guillermo del Toro directed this. There's a BPRD shirt in it and ron perlman's in it who's obviously hellboy yeah so and uh, the guy who plays i think the main bad guy is the yeah. bad guy in the second one in the second hellboy oh, fuck, really yeah he was plays this, the prince was this a dry run for hellboy no i guess uh guillermo del toro <laughs> puts like the two of them him and ron perlman in like every movie he makes he tries to get them fair. in as like a role because they're just really good friends in real life I love Ron Perlman. That's yeah, hey, if I could, if I was a director, I'd try to get Ron Perlman everything. Hell yeah. He makes everything better. But so this movie, like as you pointed out, opens up with a fight sequence. Has like <laughs> this it opens I, I, with I'm, a really boring fight sequence. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in D terms again. D terms again. As a as a as a dungeon master, something that happens to me a lot is I have like let's say ten pages of of like material. It's never that long, but I, I have like five pages of material that i want to get through uh through a night 
And then, you know, we do, like, the first, like, fight for a little bit of fun action. And then we start getting into the story stuff. And I realized that we took an hour ordering pizza and people keep talking about the, some new video game that they're into. And we're, we're just eating time. So I start pulling pages out, you know? I start, I start cutting uh, just to try and get the next cool thing so we can end on a high note. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie felt like is they're like, okay, we are the Empire of Vampires. What time is it? Oh, shit. Um, um, there's a bad guy. Let's, uh, let's go. We, we have to go. <laughs> To the sewers, like we just, well, what's just crazy rush is... us right the fuck out of there because we like we do not have time. We have so much scripted combat to get through. <laughs> well, what's crazy is like the movie starts with this like fight scene where like it starts with a voiceover in which Blade explains who he is, who Whistler is, what his mission is. Then he like shows up like in Prague. Oh no, it starts with that weird blood bank scene. I forgot about that scene where the it's it, where the it starts. Yeah, which is a scene I actually like because well, what I like is you meet the bad guy, Nomac, right? Is his name? Yeah, Nomac. That's correct. He's sitting there. Even vampires would not drink this fucker's blood. He looks so dirty, and he's like coughing, yeah. like he has like some sort of disease. But this other homeless guy comes up, and he's like, he's like, this place is great. They pay you cash, and they don't put a cap on how much you can give. They'll even buy it by the jar. By the jar <laughs> he just has a jar with blood in it which like i get they're vampires but you can't put blood in a jar like you have to like for blood to stay like liquid it needs to be frozen like, you can't just carry blood around willy-nilly but like i liked it I was like where'd that dude get the jar of blood it's yeah, just it's... such a weird throwaway line that i was like why put that in this it's it's super odd i will say i like this opener because it would have been really easy to just do another rave sequence, which don't worry, they did later. Oh yeah, don't but worry. It, it would be really easy to open with like basically like, like what, what I'm saying is that a lot of these movies that are capitalizing on the success of the original are very would very easily just do the opener of the first one slightly differently. So the fact that it's opened with this weird subterranean vampire blood bank clinic like fake out prison, and then have another twist being this this like mouth face vampire guy bursting up and killing everybody um pretty good start i would think actually yeah it sets up like you're like oh this is this could be like kind of an interesting story this is something i haven't seen before what i didn't like is then we moved into the um the tldr of the first movie um yeah. where where it's like hey if you didn't watch blade one a how'd you get in the theater like what why'd you end up in blade two it's very clear. You know, if, if, you, if you went to see, you know, an Empire Strike, The Empire Strikes Back, I get why you maybe not understand that you're seeing a sequel. But it's called Bubba Blade 2. But anyway, um, they Well, it, it had been a few years. So they, they sure. I mean, Spider-Man 2 does the same thing. Where the they're like, is, don't forget about that first movie, which grossed millions of dollars, so we're assuming you shouldn't have. The thing is, all you needed was, hey, I'm the Daywalker. I'm kind of a vampire what a little I, bit, and I hate them. Why, I feel like we, they had he, to do it, he, though. Well, that that part's fine, but then at the end of it, they were like, and Whistler was my mentor. He was a character in the other movie, but now I don't know where he is, and now I'm looking for him, but I know he's not going to be what I'm after, and then I'm going to find him. I'm like, all right, stop. Stop telling me what's going to happen in the next scene. Just well, I, I feel like they had to do that because in Blade 1, Whistler's dead. Like, he, Whistler kills himself to stop from becoming a vampire. 
and shit, then, yeah, why did they even bring him back? And then when You're they right. made the second one, I think they were like, well, people really liked Whistler. Like, they turned, they made him a comic book character because people liked him so much in this movie. And they were like, it'd be great to bring him back. He has, like, a good dynamic with uh, Wesley Snipes. And so I think they were like, fuck, we got to retcon this. And we can't. So we got to retcon it via, like, ADR over the top in which he's like, he's like, you know, they he was attacked and he turned and I should have finished him, but somehow they got him. And I think they were just like, we have to explain how a man who clearly murdered himself in the first movie didn't actually die. Like, he fucked it up and then the vampires found him. And have been, you know, torturing him for several years and then putting him in a vat of blood to make him heal. But somehow it didn't heal his knee. I never did figure that part out. And and didn't make him a full vampire. He's just like... He just gets over it. He He's, he's just done with it. I thought we were going to go into a Blade thing where he's like kind of not... Yeah, I, I gotta he's see... secretly the, 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 the enemy and... He's he's like Blade now, where he has to take the injections. And yeah, it's just, he's to just, me he's it just was fine. it was so weird. They invented this thing where like he, they take him. He's a vampire. He puts him in a room and he's like, "I'm going to give you this drug that's going to make you go cold turkey, and you're going to be able to stop being a vampire. But if it doesn't work, the blinds are going to open and you're going to die." And he's just like, "Okay, there you go." I'm like, "Wait, you you have a cure for vampirism." Why aren't you just injecting all of the vampires with it? Like, why are you murdering them all? Like, start tainting blood with it. Like, figure out a way to put it in blood and then give them the blood. Like, there's so many better ways now. It's so weird that they start the movie with, I've got a cure for vampirism. Oh, I'm never going to use it. Nobody's ever going to get this cure. They literally wrote around. In fact, fact, there's sort of this, like, bad attempt at a love interest in the end. And I'm like, well, you can fix this, you know? Yeah. Like, if you want to stop her from dying, you can just make her... Well, she was already a vampire. Right, but he can unvampire. Oh, her, yeah, but I, yeah, I guess then I, she probably would have just bled to death, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely, like, some very confusing it's... things to be like, why... They set that up, and then it, it's never brought up again. And I'm like, with you, I'm like, oh, I really thought they were going to start giving him, like, the fake blood that... Whatever the serum is, they give Blade that keeps him from feeling the need to drink blood. And I thought that was just going to be, and I, that's how I remembered it in the from the movie was like Whistler was a vampire now, but no, he just becomes a normal person because he took the serum once and was just like, I'm going to beat this. It was just, and they never addressed it after that, and it, except for one point, Scud said, "Watch him." I don't know, man. I'm like, because he could he turn back into a vampire? Like, what does that mean? Watch him. I don't. And he literally, they make a, a distinct point that he hunts vampires because he finds them irredeemable. He finds them as just inherently monsters. Yes, and but... he teams up with them, which is, like, whatever. But but I don't... It's so confusing that that... that and that, that that's supposed to be, like, a fun thing where he's, like, it's part of him, and yet he hates it, right? Yeah. And then they, then they just have an undo button on that. They just they just undo it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but... No, I, um, what I thought was weird was, like, I, I felt like they could have done something that would have been kind of interesting, like, two people fighting being vampires. And I was like, ooh. And, I mean, I'm going to spoil part of this movie, which is not a spoiler, because fuck it, the movie's... Also, you've tuned in this episode, yeah. so yeah, you should know. Scud is is a double agent. He's been working with Blade, and for some reason, just didn't kill him at any point in time. Which I feel like would be a better use of a double agent. Would be just to murder Blade while he's like asleep or wounded when he comes back sometime. 
But anyways, uh, they try to set up this thing where they're like, someone, and they keep mentioning that like the vampires have somebody on the inside, and ooh, someone's a traitor, and Whistler disappeared. And so they're like trying to set up all this stuff to be like, Whistler's the traitor. But it's not done well, because all we get from Whistler is he's no longer a vampire, they tortured him for years, and he hates them. And the second vampires show up, he tries to shoot them. So it's like, yeah, I know he's not the mole. He wouldn't have tried yeah. to kill the woman of the guy he's the mole for if he was part of it. So clearly, it's just Scud. This is stupid. And also, why did you need like, that guy? It's a big deal. Like, we've got a man on the inside. It's like, you mean the seven vampires with Blade right now? You don't need a man on the inside. He's literally with your crack team of murderers. It was so it's, dumb. So if they had made so Whistler a, to, yeah, if they had made well, him a vampire, it would have made sense then. There's a lot of unnecessary, like I think I covered it earlier. I mean, you mentioned it. There's like nine vampires in this vampire squad. Then there is, then there's, yeah, then there's Scud, who is just a Whistler replacement, who who persists in the to the movie despite that Whistler is returned, and 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 they're all here. And yeah, there's some sort of like bad attempt at a subplot with between Scud and Whistler, and who's the real guy? Of course, like you said, we all know. And then he's like, can't he trust these vampires? We all know he can't. Like, it's just, it's a bunch of really obvious red herrings that don't pay off. And and didn't need to pay off is, like, the thing. The whole, like, subplot with Scud is, I'm like, why do I care? And then Blade's like, I knew the whole time. It's like, again, if you had a man on the inside who was working with Blade, you had turned him. Wouldn't you just be like, oh, let's kill this guy immediately? Like, just kill Blade yeah. when he's asleep or he comes back, he's wounded. Set his car to uh, explode. He, he won't know. He's not a mechanic. Pokes, a um, couple of quick notes here. Yeah. Just from from these early sequences. Um, I, I noted that uh, at one point Daryl Dixon says, Scud actually says, uh, oh, the Dark Knight returns. Yeah, there's apparently, like, I don't know. According to IMDb, everything's a reference to comic books. I, I do not yeah. think Scud's name is a reference to the comic book Scud, the Disposable Assassin. I think it's a I don't reference think it to is the missile. Either. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, also, one of my favorite lines in this movie is at some point Whistler, when he's like, "I guess fine now." Oh, when you um, ask him how, when Blade asks him how he is. Yeah, he turns around. And he says, uh, "I feel like hammered shit." Yeah, I had a note for that. I was like, I, was like, I gotta break this down." Is shit worse when you hammer it? Oh yeah, because then it's smushed. It's everywhere. Is it? Is it? Is it theoretically ruined? <laughs> I mean, it's shit. It's like uh, I feel yeah, like that attitude. It's ruined. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I suppose. I just don't. I don't get it. <laughs> like someone might say the phrase, "Oh, I feel like wet garbage." I'm like, yeah, because garbage is bad, but wet garbage is worse. <laughs> but. Hammered shit isn't worse. It's just still shit. I feel like it's, it's just like harder to pick up. Hammered shit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if your it's dog hard. took a dump on your kitchen floor, you'd be like, "God damn it!" But then if you came back and it, like somebody, had, yeah, somebody had hammered it, you'd be like, "Oh, it's like in the grout now." I think you would genuinely be more upset. Um, the other thing I want to cover here before we get deeper into like the the, the major fight scene that comes after this is when the ninjas approach. Um, they breach the perimeter, which we'd learned was, of course, I guess, planned. Um, Blade, in the background, leaps up to a catwalk in, like, I mean, it's some of the worst wire work that I've ever seen. That it looks like he maybe got on board a cherry picker, and they slowly lifted him up, 
and then he got off, and then they tried to edit the cherry picker out. It is just devastatingly slow, and he has, his arms are up at, like, a weird angle. <laughs> like, yeah, he jumps bad. in, like, a way that you're like, why would you do that? But then you immediately oh. forget when uh, he's fighting in front of the gigantic lights, and he becomes a plastic man for a period of time when he jumps through the air to try to stab somebody. The shots were like they try to do something CGI. The people instantly yeah. become so unnatural looking that you're like, oh, this is, I don't like there was this. A, there was definitely a long chunk of time where CGI was being used that way and had that effect. I can think of one of the first Superman movies where like he gets up into the sky. I remember just being in the theater and everyone going, Ugh. like It's like... He looks like he's made of plastic, and he looks like he's, like, bending in all the weird... Yeah, yeah, like, this early... Like, when you watch, go back and watch the first Spider-Man movie, when he's, like, swinging, you're like, that's that's not what people look like. Like, they're not yeah. that shiny. <laughs> and you get, a, you get a fuck ton of that in this one. Like, a fuck ton. Oh, uh, yeah, the um, entire last fight scene, there's, like, a whole minute where they're, like, these weird, like, Gumby creatures, and they're, like, throwing each other around, and they're doing, like, wrestling moves. Like, that was something that I I was gonna weird. say... I was excited for the fights in this movie when this first scene came up, because despite the CGI weirdness, I mean, it's basically two, like, cloaked ninja vampires with crazy face masks and, and night, kind of like night vision-y goggles and blades and fighting, fighting Wesley Snipes in front of a giant flood lamp. Again, 16-year-old me... In for it. I mean, it's, Here it, for it's it. a good fight scene. Me? For what it is. Fi- it's fine. It's fine. But you're right. Later on, we enter into this world where it's like, hey, remember wrestling? Because we're going to do, like, a bunch of these weird moves. We're going to do, like, a from the ropes elbow drop. Yeah, we're going to do, like, the people's elbow. We're going to do, at one point, he does, like, a... Blade uh, picks a guy up and does, like, a vertical suplex or whatever. Or, I yeah. think that's what it's called. I would I'll take a word for it. And then... Instantly, like, jumps up in frame. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Because, like, yeah. he holds this guy up and he's, like, making eye contact with Ron Perlman. And then he falls back onto this floor, which is, for some reason, just a bunch of glass panels. Which seems like the worst thing you could make a floor out of. But he lands on it and they all shatter and it's, like, badass. And then they cut and he just, like, as if they're, like, filming. They're, the scene's framed and they're, like, you crouch underneath the camera. And we say action, just pop straight up. And then try to look cool. So he just like comes up out of the bottom of the screen. And it's like. It just reminded me of like a bit from like. Naked Gun or like a Benny Hill sketch. Like it's just so <laughs> weird. Yeah. There's a, I'm pretty sure if you took the last fight scene. And like. And, and put it to like the, the Benny Hills, the Benny Hill song. Uh, the wet yakety sax. It would be. And, it, and you know sped it up a little bit. It would fit incredibly well. Yeah. I There's some definitely some questionable. I don't know. There's just some weird things that go on in this movie, and uh, let's talk about... I mean, there's like we said, there's not a lot going on. The movie starts, he finds Whistler by uh, kidnapping a vampire whose name's Russ or something, and he lets him go eventually, he gets Whistler, he cures him. Then these uh, ninja vampires show up, there's a pretty decent sword fight, um... You know, it goes on. Then we're introduced to, I forget what the name of the group is, the Blood Hunters, the Blood Suckers, something like that. Um, yeah, we'll go with uh, we'll go with Blood Suckers. Yeah, I can't remember. It's Blood Something. And uh, we're introduced to them. And as they were, like, being introduced, I remembered the scene where I was like, oh, man, this reminds me a lot of, like, that scene in Doom. If you've ever seen Doom where they, like, introduce each person. 
and they're like all the like the stereotypes of people in military movies like there's like the quiet religious guy who goes crazy there's like the badass who dies instantly there's the token black guy you know i mean you're just like oh no so they start introducing these people and i paused it and i wrote down the order in which i thought they would die (laughs) because i was like it's like i wonder if i can guess just by the way they look how quickly they die and i missed two of them I thought the tall guy would die first, the really big guy with the, the the face tattoos. I thought he would be the first to go. Then oddly vampire racist Irish guy, which those two were reversed. And then I thought um, what's uh, the Asian guy would live longer than the the white guy who looks like like a guy you would see like being brought up on charges for like date rape. The like creepy, the creepy dude who had still had like the '90s bowl cut and the weird goatee. I was like, yeah, mm. I had to bring it up because I was trying to, I was trying to figure it out. Okay, the blood pack. That blood was pack. Okay, yeah. So I, I, uh, I got all, all but two of them, but I also wrote down. I was like, ooh, Asian guy who is actually Donnie Yi, who's like an amazing martial artist, and yeah, he supposedly um, choreographed a couple of the fight scenes in this movie. Which, I mean, again, when not doing CGI, they're actually pretty good. Yeah. Also, um, fucking Ip Man, and uh, he's the... Oh, God, I can't remember. Yeah, he's... Like, uh, I mean, he's... if you he's, he's in Rogue One as yeah. the, um, the blind... Yeah, the blind, he's in like, tons of movies. Sort of he's, a fam- he's a famous Asian martial artist. As soon as they showed him, and one, he was carrying katanas, and I was like, all right, dude's not Japanese. In real life, I was like, always a good sign. But as soon as they showed him, I was like, ooh, that dude looks like he could have a really kick-ass fight scene, so he's going to do jack shit in this movie. And he does jack shit in this movie. Jack and shit. then dies in the most, like, stupid way possible. They walk into a room full of, like, skeletons while they're looking for the horde of whatever they, the Reapers, I think is what they're called. Yeah. And he's like, huh, there's a giant pile of bodies they've eaten. Let me just get up in here and see what's going on. I'm like, who walks closer to that? And yeah, he, it's he his... instantly gets swarmed because he's in waist deep water, and it turns out they were in the water. Yeah, and and his name was Snowman, by the way. We'll go through him each. Which um, I thought was a weird choice. Super weird choice. Um, it even lists him in like this Marvel wiki as being of Chinese heritage. So, um, wrong wrong weapons. <laughs> wrong Maybe I'm ra- racist for assuming that a Chinese person couldn't use katanas. <laughs> it just feels like why couldn't he ever had a kung fu sword? Um, and then we've got Dieter Reinhardt, who played by uh, Ron Perlman. He's the long, longest lasting here because he's the most uh, he's the most notable actor in the, in the bunch. Yeah, especially in the early two thousands. We'll get to him last. Um, there is uh, two that work together, which is Verlaine and Lighthammer. Uh, Verlaine has the the, the short cropped uh, red hair. Verlaine looks like a female nothing. Twitch personality. Yeah, this is really frustrating because, again, like I said, these characters feel to me like the cyberpunk group of, like, a, you know, a uh, Shadowrun game you're running. Well, it, so you, yeah. you expect them all to show off with something, and they don't She does. Do... She does literally nothing. She actually does less than nothing. Because... Which is upsetting that they were like, we gave you two women, and we decided to make one do nothing. And one, like, the pseudo-life love interest um when she discovers later in the movie that her her sort of partner in the film lighthammer her her lover has been been bitten she she just like gets them both killed immediately um yeah she she when he turns when he finally turns it takes him forever to turn for some reason they never did exactly explain why that happened uh but uh she like climbs up and opens a manhole cover and they die from the sunlight she kills them both 
Which is like, you're like, oh, that would have meant something if I gave a shit about either of these characters. Or was even 100% sure, other than the fact she at one point calls him lover and leans on him, I wasn't even sure they were dating. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, are they like a couple couple? Or is it just like people in the blood pack are pairing off? Or It was kind of weird. Um, we, we also have Chupa, who's played by uh, Matt Schulze, who I sort of recognize. He's the guy who's wearing like the... Um... The very ill-advised chainmail shirt the entire time with nothing under it. That's the guy who I would describe as like the guy like you, <laughs> the way you describe Pulse in Rainbow Six, like a guy who works at a carnival, you know, yeah, like 100%. a guy who works the Tilted World, hits on underage girls. He has deflated frosted tips. I think is the best way to, yeah. <laughs> to describe frosted to describe tips. And was just like, I don't want to put them up today. Too much work. And he has like a he has like the nineties like, you know, like there was like a time when like a lot of white guys had goatees. And people weren't aware that it made them look really gross. <laughs> yeah. He has like one of those. If Chupa was revving, uh, like standing revving a kind of cheap motorcycle in a Denny's parking lot to show off to a girl there, uh, it would look right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it if would, it if would he had sense. at some point they had paid for something and he had pulled it out his wallet and it was on a chain, would have checked out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would, it would, it would, like if Chupa bragged about how good he was at laser tag, you'd be like, yeah, okay, uh huh. If before they went to the club, he put on a fedora, would have been on point. If if you got into Chupa's car and all he had was two copies of the same stained album, I think you'd, you'd be like, yeah, okay, uh huh. <laughs> if if you went to play paintball and a guy showed up with all of his own equipment, that would be Chupa. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell, we think Chupa's kind of white trashy. <laughs> so the guy I didn't fucking get, uh, as we work our way through this, is Priest. Priest yes. was the long-haired weirdo with the crazy sunglasses that don't make sense. Um, he, he, he was basically, like, he's that actor who's, like, anytime <laughs> a movie's like, can we get somebody with, like, an Irish-ish accent? They're like, I'm on it. We got this guy. He's perfect. He'll be in every and you know movie. He was, you know he was trouble for the props department because they gave him a pair of sunglasses and he was like, no bigger and like, okay hold on <laughs> anyway these he goes no i mean big <laughs> i want less sunglasses more of a half mask that only covers my eyes do you have any like uh like 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 rear view mirrors that i can borrow like two of them um he was confusing to me because everyone sort of had a visual representation of who yes. they were for. Yeah, the everybody. Mute swordsman, the the woman with the crazy. I mean, I mean the what, what the the, men, the woman I mentioned earlier with the crazy hair had like a cool gun. Um, this guy, uh, the light hammer, had a literal fucking hammer. Yeah, and they uh, all at uh, least have like a look too. Like Ron Perlman looks like a sleazy like Euro trash kind of too. Chupa looked like a brute of some way, like a thug. Yeah, priest. Priest looked sleazy, and so you ex- and he looked like like thin and he like, looked like a like guy weak. who would be at a ren fest. Like, yes, he, he kind of had long hair, and he was wearing what appeared to be a silk shirt. And they never explained why they call him priest. So you would think that he had something uh, going he, on. You think he was going to have like a cool power or how like about this? He he's wears a priest. You, like he wears like the the Catholic priest, like the black thing with the like the black collar with the white the frock, and he, yeah, yeah. he used to be a priest, and one of them turned him. There you go. Now he's interesting. Otherwise, he's just some Euro trash. But like again, uh, I'll bring it back to like the fact that you know Ben, sixteen year old Ben saw this is like a D and D game. What what is he for? Like he looks like he's like he looks like he'll faint the minute they get into a fight, 
and and I'm waiting for him to have something cool because if you're that weak, I mean, you gotta be like the mage, man. Like you gotta have something. You gotta be able to like heal somebody or or just get clever with something. But no, he just like walks around with one gun and goes down in a fucking just just a half second. Like he just gets blown right down and he's uh, down for the count. I mean, like light hammer breaks one of these things fucking necks and I, like uh, Dieter Dieter guns one down with a shotgun like these are cool scenes he's this guy is just a fucking red he just gets thrown into a bar and then mutilated but what's great is before he dies he has like this weird racist moment like not towards like real racists, but towards vampires he's like look at him none of them's even a pure blood we should just kill everybody it's like whoa what (laughs) like pop the brakes dude I, i thought vampires were all on the same side you're super racist and then he and dies, like, and you're just like, cool, all right, I guess the, he was right. The weird vampire racism, like, worked in the other movie because that was the character's goal. Like, he wanted to, yeah. he was not pure, and he wanted to wipe out everyone else so that he could, if, like, ascend or whatever. This guy just like, hey, I'm going to show up, be, a, like, I guess, like, a, a kind of racist that you're, like, fine with because it doesn't matter because it's fictional. Yeah. But, like, and then die. And then do nothing and die. <laughs> Yeah, be the least effective of all of them, like super racist, and then just be like, "Well, that didn't really pay off for you." Uh, the the last two, real quick, are sort of part of the group, but they're also the ninjas from the beginning. Are uh, Nissa and Assad, who again, Assad seemed interesting, kind of excited about him, doesn't do anything. Also, uh, Nissa, we see her; she's really good with swords. What do we never see her use again? Swords, swords. or really fight productively. Yeah, she just she really just, she just sort just... of runs around a lot. She just kind of like pouts and then kisses the protagonist and then ends and then leaves the movie. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it was also like kind of weird that they were like, you know what this movie needs? A love interest. And you're like, wait, what? And apparently there was a sex scene that was cut from the movie between the two of them. Uh, sorry, folks, can we take a quick break of the podcast? Played to sex scene deleted scenes i imagine it's like the sex scene in the room where it's just like a lot of really awkward shots of the guy's body blade 2 sex scene caliente (laughs) snipes i don't know priest let's see if he's in there (laughs) i i don't think priest is in it well i'll just uh blade three Ryan Reynolds, sexy. No, now you've gone too far. <laughs> oh, no, we should. Sorry. Sorry, I'm back. All right, we, we can keep recording now. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I, I have a hard time. Like, usually we move through these episodes kind of um, chronologically, like taking chunks of different scenes. But, the, like, from the rave scene forward, it all blurs. Yeah. And I once... just watched this, like just watched this moments ago. Yeah. I watched this today and it is weird. Cause they basically, they get to this rave and you're like, all right, shit's going to go down. This is going to be sweet. And then a series of like, not very interesting fight scenes happen because it turns out the only way to kill reapers is with sunlight. They're immune to silver. So it's just like a lot of reapers being shot and then getting up and running away or punching a guy. And he goes like, flying into a wall it's really kind of boring then you get a, a an okay fight scene between blade and uh nomax in like this weird church that's connected to this underground rave vampire rave um which was like kind of weird but like that's reasonable then they find out that whistler disappeared oh nope never mind whistler's right here he caught one of them trying to sneak down to the tunnel 
So now they know where they are. They go back to give us like two minutes of exposition about what Reapers are, which I love that scene. They were just like, eh, we got to explain how Reapers are different than vampires. And like, just have one of them die and then we'll dissect it. And then that should be it. And then there he's like, we're going down to the tunnels to hunt. And then like most of the rest of the movie is them in the tunnels until the end where Blade gets caught. And that's it. I guess they must think at the end that he killed them all. Like, I didn't exactly understand the ending. No, I mean, I couldn't tell you. what the fuck Because, like, they're worried that Nomac, because he can turn vampires into reapers. And reapers, like, have to feast constantly. Like, they have to eat all the time. And so there's a bunch of them. They go and hunt them and they kill them, which was the goal of the blood pack and, and them joining up with Blade was to kill Nomag. Then after that, they come and beat up Blade and they're going to kill him. But it seems like on one hand, you're like, oh, they must think he killed Nomag too. But then on the other hand, when he mentions them, nobody's like, it doesn't matter. He's dead. They're like, eh, he doesn't know where we are. And it's like, wait, so... <laughs> If you knew he was still alive, don't you still need Blade to kill him? Like the whole that was the whole premise of the movie. Well you just like you hired a guy to do something and then you're like, Man, I really want to double cross him and I just don't want to wait for him to succeed. So let's just get to that sweet, sweet double cross. It was yeah, so it, weird. You're totally right. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense that their their plan has no coherency because they're just like, we need Blade to kill our failed project. Because the real thing is that they've got a bunch of new batches of vampires that are great, that are going to be awesome. Possibly. Like, that's that's the win. It's like, we got all these dope new vampire fetuses, and we're going to bust these out, and the world's going to get screwed over, and we're going to be the well, Dr. Grayson. The goal super was awesome. he wanted to create... This, this one was a failure, and he was spreading, which is like not helpful. Yeah, because he was spreading to a way that would like result in everyone dying vampires and, so and they, humans they send blade after him and before blade can do the job that he's perfectly content to do they take him and then they're like and they seem to know like you said that they, they, they know like a, you could almost say that oh they just didn't know that the, that he didn't get them all they just didn't know that he because he blew up a lot yeah he blows them up but then they they talk about how they're going to take blade and they're going to drain his blood because they're going to try to use his dna and his blood to figure out how to make a vampire that can walk in daylight which, according to Blade 1, you just need some FPS, like, 100, and, and vampires can do it. Because several of them do it in that movie, so I don't know why they really care. But, so they're going to do that. He's tied up, and he's talking to this lawyer, which provide the lawyer, great joke in the beginning, right? Where they introduce him, and he's, like, human, and he's like, almost, I'm a lawyer. It's like, boom, lawyer joke. Yeah. But they he's like blades being like drained of his blood and he's like no mac wants revenge and the guy's like it doesn't matter he doesn't know where we are not and then i was like so wait you know he's not dead so the problem's still out there he's gonna create thousands of reapers again so you didn't solve the problem what's the end game you guys killed the one person who probably could have killed him and they were just like i guess we'll just hope he never catches us and never figures out where this gigantic tower it's not like you were hiding. You're in like a really easy to see base surrounded by vampires with guns. It was just such a weird like. I was like, okay, I, it, it just felt like they had written a much longer version of the script, and the studio was like, no, you got to cut this way down. That's what I mean. They just kept cutting. They just kept cutting it down more and more and more. Because I, uh, yeah. 
Well, I felt like there was supposed to be a thing because he's like, he's like, Nomak doesn't know where we are. And he's like, he does now. And I'm like, wait, did Blade and Nomak set something up? Because that wasn't shown. Yeah, that wasn't made super clear at all. And I'm like, that would have been way more interesting if when like Blade was like woken up and Whistler was there, he had said something to him like, Nomak's alive and he's, he's, he's following us or something. And so Blade's like, ooh, I just have to stall until this like kill machine shows up and then I'll get loose or whatever. But no, that doesn't even appear to be it. Blade's just like really, he's like, I have faith in this guy. I think he's going to find you. Which <laughs> is like so weird. He's just like, no, he knows. I hope. Really, really counting on that. Because otherwise this sweet speech I gave as I'm dying is going to, like if he had been like, he does now. And like no alarms went off. He would have been like, shit. I should I wasted that line. I didn't time it right. <laughs> it was just, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm just stunned because I'm like I'm reviewing my notes here, and I I take pretty good I take bullet point notes as I go through these movies and just try to capture my thought on individual scenes. And if you read them together, you could probably get like I don't know you could average out like a note for every like five minutes of movie. Um, my notes peter off, and then they just go down to I don't know what this scraggly guy's job is. Never mind, he died. I keep forgetting everyone's names. Someone else died. I forgot their name. There is too much techno. <laughs> and that's it. That was the end of my notes. <laughs> One of my notes said uh, when they were at the vampire rave, I was like, oh, I God. feel like this rave is supposed to be like shocking what's happening. But I'm like, it looks like every like concert video I've ever seen of a Rammstein show. show. So I feel like in Europe, people are like, I don't understand. Vampires are just us on a Saturday. <laughs> but I, I quit taking notes, too. I watched the last 30 minutes and... Uh, I was just like, oh, I don't even know what to write down here, because, like, the whole, like, oh, Blade knew Scud was a spy, and he had, like, a bomb, and he's like, it wasn't a dud. Why the fuck did Scud just hold on to it till it blew up? Why didn't he instantly throw it at Blade? Like, it was just so dumb. They tried to put in these cool moments, but the way they do it, they're all, like, really dumb. And then the- yeah, and also, he's a regular guy. Wasting a silver bomb on him seems unnecessary when there is a there was just moments ago yeah, you could have killed a real vampire a vampire a tough one who nearly kills you is wearing it so and that was, that was like also another weird thing uh, whistler escapes and just knocks that guy unconscious whistler has repeatedly said how much he hates vampires why wouldn't he have just shot that guy he had a gun full of silver bullets it, it, it's or just... or blade sword he could every have just stabbed scene him was designed to serve like a cool moment or line and there was not a surprising amount of coherency to the logic of the movie to the rules um yeah. or to even sensible behavior which is weird because it doesn't it doesn't feel like guillermo's thing I no and i do wonder if some of it was control. cut weird or although yeah. i will say that like I wonder when he was brought on because this is like one of the few movies he doesn't have a writing credit on that he's worked on. I think it maybe yeah he he doesn't. It doesn't feel like one of his movies. It was part of, partially why I think you mentioned that it was surprising. Yeah, because I was like I was like, there's no way he wrote this, and I'm like, because I, I was under the impression you know, he's like a real like kind of like Tarantino, like a director who doesn't direct something unless they wrote it. Yes, yeah, and I, so I, I was like, sense. and I, and so I was like, huh? and when I was reading the trivia, they were like. I, they just said it was the only or one of the like one of two movies Guillermo del Toro has directed that he doesn't have any writing credit on at all. And I felt like I was like, I think he just had all of the input in the design of Nomax, like what the Reapers look like. And I was like, I bet you that was it. 
Like, I, I bet you that was as far as he could push away from the script that was written. And it's a... Uh, it's that Goyer guy who wrote it, you know, we David talked Goyer, about. Yeah. yeah. So I've I feel done a like lot of, a lot of these movies we've done. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, it's in his wheelhouse of being like not bad but also not good and like not adhering to like like we said, why introduce that Blade can cure vampires but then never use it in the movie? Like that's like a Chekhov's gun situation again. Like maybe that's how he should have killed Nomak at the end was like he jabbed him with that needle and when it pulled away, you know, cured his vampirism which killed him because the reaper virus kills humans yeah i mean something like bring it back like if you're going to introduce this idea that's like well yeah. nobody has to stay a vampire and so i thought that was weird and then like we said there's just like these weird rules about like what the reapers do the plan for the mo- like what the actual plan was why exactly nisa gets so mad at her dad and why he was like so willing to let her die which also seemed weird and I don't know, it was just like, there wasn't any coherence to the movie. And and let's face it, there was no motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. And without yeah, that... Yeah, I never got my ice skate uphill line. I never got... There I never was, no, there was never lines. another moment that could, that could meet that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think, think that's, that's depressing. I think it is depressing. I think there's a lot about this movie that... It's weird, because in the very beginning here, we just said that we... We almost wouldn't... I don't know, in the context of other comic book movies that we've covered, this is definitely not the worst. It's a perfectly no. competent movie, despite how much dumping on it we've been doing for the last I think it's, it's it's watchable, but while you're watching it, you're going to be like, this movie doesn't really make any sense, and it's not that good. But there's enough in it that you'll be like, eh, all right, I'll take it. This is definitely, the, and I think we're at this part of the episode, but this is definitely a kind of movie that I would say put on while you're doing something else. Because there is enough here that'll, that'll really keep, that, that, yeah. that I think is worth seeing. But you have to, just, you, if you dedicated your time to try and follow this, the course of this plot, you would get very bored. Yeah, I feel like it's, um, like if you're, gonna, like you're like playing some uh, Stardew Valley and you're just like, I need something to do. While I'm playing it, you're playing something on your Switch. That you should be put this sub- on. The tagline of this movie is like, hey, Blade 2, you gotta plant those turnips, you know? Yeah, like, like yeah. I mean, it was 2002, <laughs> so I don't know, Farmville, whatever game was around back then. Um, but yeah, I, they, I, I... I mean, if they re-released it right now. I mean, yeah. Blade 2, well, the try ta- out, <laughs> download, some, download this and fucking... Yeah, Wait, like Blade turns. Two, the game you can play while you're waiting for Candy Crush to refilm or refill. You know? <laughs> uh, the actual tagline for this movie is "Know the Mark," which I don't, I don't understand what the fuck that means. And I just watched the movie. It's, no, it's yeah. but that I, was made that, that was made before the movie. I do feel like there's enough stuff in the movie, and like visually, it's it's got Guillermo, and I think the, like the Reapers look cool, like the, when their mouths open, it's like a cool little thing. Yeah, and I think everyone remembers it too. I think it yeah. stuck with people. I think there's four or five good minutes. No, I was going to say scenes that are maybe worth watching. Uh, but it, it lacks some of the... I don't know. The The fight scenes somehow seemed partially worse because they got so cartoony. You I, I know mean, the I mean? effects. The effects undoubtedly... Uh, it's, it's almost impossible to get past them in this one. Uh, they're no better than Blade 1. Where they were yes. like, a, like a tragedy. But like I think the thing that helped Blade 1 is most of the movie, all the fight scenes are just people fighting. They're like doing karate, kung fu, whatever. 
And it, you're like, all right, this is cool. It's kind of confusing why vampires would ever do kung fu, but whatever. I'm at least enjoying it. This yeah. movie, I think, suffered because they were like, we got CGI now, so we can make them like run up a wall and do a people's elbow. And then, you know, like I kept waiting for somebody to do like the Stone Cold Stunner. You know, it was just like so bizarre. It didn't fit the movie. And then, I don't know. It, it definitely was one of those like ensemble movies where you like you create like a cast of characters, and then they're just like, oh, I didn't have anything for them. You're also totally they're just right gonna look not... cool when they're all together. You're totally right about it not fitting the movie because it would fit if that light hammer guy was just doing it the whole time. Because if that gigantic brutish dude with the hammer was picking up, like, yeah, uh, was was picking up, you know, uh, of these vampire things and like slamming them through tables with like a you know, stone cold stunner, I'd be like, cool, that's his style. But like when like the 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 reaper vampire does it, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, because it's just, like, so... And then, like, when Blade does, like, the suplex, it's just, like, why? Like, why put this in this movie? Also, that probably wouldn't, like, kill a person. (laughs) Like, I mean, they probably wouldn't feel well, but that guy's probably just gonna be able to get right back up. So it was just, I don't know, and it was, like, so jarring, because, like, half the movie you've got Wesley Snipes, who knows martial arts in real life, doing, like, cool choreographed martial arts fight scenes, like the one in front of the lights, the one with him and Nomak... And then they sparse in these really shitty CGI shots into, like, good fight scenes. And then they pull you completely out of the fight scene. Like, the one in front of the lights, when he goes to jump and it's, like, so clear neither one of them is real. It, like, completely ruins the previous fight, like, the the fight scene before. Because you're just like, oh, what a terrible ending to a fight scene. Yeah, 100%. It was like in, like, uh, Batman Begins, we complain that they, they constantly use this sort of, like, wild, shaky cam footage. And I'm like... This looks like a good choreographed fight, but I can't enjoy it because yeah. I'm just confused by what's happening. With you're the seeing camera. like elbows and assholes for most of the movie because like the camera <laughs> yeah. guy's like falling over and stuff. And you're just like, awesome, sure do love this. Well, I guess then we can. Uh, did you have any other notes you wanted to get to? No, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I ran out of steam on this movie, both the, in watching it and talking about it. The only other note I had was. Um, at the end or at the beginning when they're uh, giving blood i like that they take him down into this room it's like a room where they're going to drain him of all his blood but there's like a fireplace in the back of it i was just like where what room was this in like this weird underground bunker that they're like sucking people dry don't poke holes in it don't tell me you've never had you've never donated blood in like in like war-torn Prague. I well, I wherever he was. You know what? You're right. I did once fill a mason jar up and take it to a blood bank. They had like a a deli style like ticket pool. Like now serving them. Mine's in a thermos. I don't know why you didn't bring. (laughs) Keeps it cold. Gotta keep it cold or warm, whichever one it was when I pulled it out. (laughs) I guess we would both say uh, worth watching, but not watching watching. Yeah, is there a third rating that's in the background only? Because if yeah. so, then yes, that I, I, one. This is definitely a um, mediocre, you know, to quote 100%. Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> but not not so bad that I would be like, oh, don't watch it. And if you like vampire movies and you liked Blade, it's, it's not bad. It's got a couple of weird lines in it and enough fighting that's kind of cool. I could have gone for some more vampire murdering in the beginning with Blade, since, you know, it's always fun to watch him he like shoots them and they just turn to dust you say that about every movie though yeah that, that was my biggest complaint about 
August Osage County. I was like, where's Blade fighting vampires? That joke probably will not work because nobody knows what movie that is. Yeah, I was like, you were like, boy, I really enjoyed three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, but they didn't have enough <laughs> Wesley Snipes killing vampires. Yeah, see, similar joke. Yours is much better, though, because you picked a movie people have heard of. <laughs> I picked a fucking shitty Julia Roberts movie from like 20 years ago. Uh, so yeah, that's I think that's our, our take on Blade 2, a movie that might have been partially ice skating uphill. But in clo- you know, it had its moments. The question is, we'll have to decide, maybe, I, I mean, Netflix had the good grace not to put Blade Trinity up on Netflix to watch, so maybe that's a sign we shouldn't do it, but we'll see. Maybe we'll just round out the Blade trilogy now. Yeah, just Blade 3, we shouldn't have gone this far. Yeah. Blade 3, we brought back a new ensemble cast, but they're all people. Don't worry, they die too after doing almost nothing. Blade 3, we're still really into this this ninja flip stuff. Blade 3, this time we brought a girl. She has a crossbow. Don't ask any questions. (laughs) Patton Oswalt's in it. Yeah, I feel bad for him too. I feel like that should be the tag too. Blade Trinity, why Patton Oswalt? I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) Because then we're, now we're gonna have to do it. I yeah, like, I can't. I can't do another one. Maybe, maybe we'll wait until next October or next Vampire Holiday. I'm sure there's one. I'm sure, Dracula has a birthday somewhere. Well, that's it. Uh, if you have a movie suggestion you want to leave for us, you can shoot us a message at NAOS Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll never really see any of them unless it's Facebook. Uh, but tell us a movie you want to watch chances are if you're listening to this you know us personally so just give us a call shoot us a text if there's a kind book franchise you want to see us talk about uh you can follow ben on the dis- at the disco pony on twitter or Ayo. at the strange log his comedy yeah. uh twitter account where he posts out of context patch notes for video games it's pretty great you should check it out is a good it's always good for a laugh you can find me on instagram at it's pogues uh, maybe i'll post art sometime if people follow me <laughs> until next week bye why, why did why did daryl dixon fedex himself donuts <laughs> <laughs>